March 1st, 2023. This morning's class and the classes throughout the week are donated in loving memory of Ruth Bat Gilsom, Ruth Gindi Alea Shalom. We're in Masechet Betza, and Avchet Amud Bet. If you count up from the wide lines, uh, that's not from the top of the page nor from the bottom, but from the wide lines up, six lines up, the second word on the line, we begin with those words, Ela Amar Rava. Now, if you recall very briefly, the context of our Gemara is we're trying to define the words that we found uh, in the cited Mishnah on Dafchet Amud Aleph, just about a page ago. The Gemara cited the Halakha, that with regards to slaughtering, specifically, the Mishnah told us, specifically a koi, specifically a, uh, what are we calling it, a buffalo, a safek haya, safek behemah, yom tov, you shouldn't do so. And if you were to do so, unlike a haya or of, or even a behemah, unlike any other animal, but if you did so, on a haya and of, you then do what's called kisui hadam. When it comes to a koi, you don't do kisui hadam. Why not? What the Gemara initially suggested was maybe the dirt was not prepared. The Gemara questioned that and challenged it. Well, what about a situation where it's a haya or an off? Is it better that the dirt isn't prepared and you have a problem with regards to that? And how are you then going to prepare it and potentially be over an isur or a, a mukse circumstance? So the Gemara fell off and then the Gemara suggested maybe there was a way of fixing it with regards to vadai, which was what we call haya and off. The Gemara fell off of that as well. The Gemara now has Rava's attempted way of explaining this to us. Why is it that specifically and only when I'm talking about a koi, which again is a safek beema safek haya, there's a doubt, there's an uncertainty whether you need to be doing kisui. Everybody agrees that it's kosher. No question about that. The koi, the buffalo is kosher. I, you know, I don't know that anyone's tried it in the room, but it could be and would be kosher. However, the question is with regards to after slaughtering it, whether you need to do this mitzvah kisui hadam or not, that's where we're uncertain. If you were dealing with a haya, if you're dealing with an off, a chicken or a deer, everybody knows you need to do a kisui hadam. If you're dealing with a behemah, dealing with a, uh, a cow, everybody knows you don't do kisui hadam. Here, there's a safek. How come on Yom, Yom Tob, we're not permitting of the kisui hadam, they're not permitting the initial action of slaughtering it when you'll need to do the kisui hadam afterwards. That's the issue. Why do we distinguish? Says the Gemara, Ela Amar Rava. Again, this is what we discussed at the very end of the class yesterday. If Kira Da'ato Ve'en Da'ato The difference is in the mindset of the individual, of the person, you, me, entering into Yom Tob, we have dirt prepared. That's in its place. The dirt is prepared in a way that I won't need to violate any isurim and the rabbis are not even nervous of a gezerah that maybe I'll come to Kitisha. None of that's the reality. We're at base level. Is there prepared dirt or not? And there is prepared dirt. However, the stam dat, the general appraisal of the rabbis, of the standard person is their mindset with regards to the dirt that they may be prepared is for issues and circumstances that will arise on the holiday, but Torah vadai, they'll certainly come up. There are situations that there's certainty, an absolute certainty that I'll need to use the dirt for. Over here, by definition, it's not certain. By definition, a koi is safik. It's a doubt. Is it a haya or is it a behemah? If it's a behemah, if it's considered a domesticated animal, then you don't need to do kisui hatam. Your mindset, in turn, suggests rava in explaining the words of the rabbis. Your mindset is such that you never had in mind to use this dirt 
for that sort of circumstance. And Rava, in truth, is consistent. What other circumstances could you conjure up in your mind of Safik? We could have dozens, hundreds of situations where something came up and it wasn't foreseeable. It doesn't happen all that often. The example he'll give, Rava himself, is a child who relieves themselves publicly. Child example he gave yesterday is toilet training. And the child, in its uh, attempt to toilet train, or us to toilet train, it's walking around the home, and you don't have it in a diaper, you don't have it covered, and as a result, oh my goodness, can you imagine it relieved itself over there. Is that considered vadai or safik? I'm uncertain going into the holiday whether they'll do so. My wife has been talking so long about how great they're doing, and yet the child, and yet look at what happened. That's safik, the dirt which I perhaps prepared before the holiday, for the uh, chicken that I was going to slaughter, is that dirt as well as my mindset for the baby, should the baby relieve itself as well? The assumption is, well, that one is going to be vadai, that's the chicken, and the child, the tinok, is going to be safik. Do I incorporate the safik in the vadai or not? Says the Gemara, Rava separately had the following claim and statement. If a person began before the holiday and he entered into his home, into his garden, into his courtyard, some dirt, what was his expressed purpose with that dirt? He turns to his wife, his wife turns to him and says, we need dirt prepared because the baby is toilet training. We're having over our grandchild, he's toilet training, she's toilet training. So we need the dirt for that. Safik ish situation, such a circumstance. You can use that if you prepared it for the safik. You can certainly use it for the vadai. If my mindset entering into the holiday with this dirt is, I'll use it even if the baby relieves itself. So certainly for the bird, which I know we're having for lunch or dinner or breakfast, I can I can use it. However, if it's dam sipor, if my express purpose in preparing that dirt was not for the baby, but was rather for lunch, chicken, uh, dinner, deer. Uh, you can't now, for the safek situation, as Rava imagines it, of the baby relieving itself, use that same dirt. That's very important. Says the Gemara, you see, Rava is consistent. Rava's statement is, my mindset is very clear, it's narrow. When I prepare the dirt, I have specific images in mind with regards to what I'll use this. The image, the perspective that a person has when they prepare the dirt is for vadai, or circumstances that will certainly come up, not safek. The halacha is not only uh, should you not, you may not. That's how we're going. A hundred percent, that's how we're going. We're going that it was prepared, you have makom simchat yom tov, so on and so forth, no good. Now, if you prepared the dirt, and this is, uh, this is the way you're articulating, which is the way Jared said it yesterday as well, and all I have is a herd of buffalo, and I express, explicitly say, this is for the koi, of course then it's permitted, that's like, that's like, you're allowed to do that. The idea though is, you have, as, as again, Charles articulated, you just have a dirt room. There's a we te- if it's a weekday, and this is what we're going to get into in a, in a later segment of the Gemara, if it's a weekday and you slaughtered a koi, there is a safek, but we tell you to do it. Right? That's, that's clear. Mm-hmm. Says the Gemara then, um, Nehar Belai. 
Again, Rashi filled in the gaps on who this is. It's Rame Bar Birbi, as the Gemara in Sanhedrin tells us, a person from Nehar Bela. Amre, their statement is, Afilu ichnis a'atha lechasot bo dam sipon, muta lechasot bo so'ah. They, uh, they tweak Rava. They agree, as Rashi explains it in principle with Rava, that we are very careful about what your mindset is. And our assumption is that your mindset, when you separated the dirt, was for vadai, for circumstances that will certainly come up. However, we need to be a little bit more expansive. We need to broaden the vision of what's certainly going to come up. Rava assumed what's certainly going to come up is launch. That one we can all accept. He assumed alternatively, not certainly going to come up, uh, that the baby will relieve itself. If you have a baby in the home, if you don't have them in a diaper, as much as great as they've been doing, they might have a great streak and everything's been clean, you have to assume, and that's on your mind, that they'll relieve themselves as well. So fundamentally, there's an agreement with Rava that the hachana is for Vadai. However, the details are the example with regards to the baby. In the case of the koi, we're questioning the dam itself. It's not about that. Yes, yes, we are mixing and matching two things because with regards to the koi, says Jesse, it's not, it's not a question of whether I'm going to slaughter, it's a question of whether I need to do kisui hadam on this animal. The baby, it's a question of whether the baby will relieve itself. We are mixing those two, but it's not such a stretch because the concept is the standard of the person as they do it is for the circumstances that I'll certainly have to cover in. You don't certainly have to cover in koi. As much as we're telling you you're supposed to, you don't certainly have to. It's a safik. That's why we're willing to equate it. What is really saying is, of course you have in your mind that the kid can soil himself with the ground. So it's in your mind. That's what he's saying. That's how that's how Rashi explains it. Yes, correct. According to Rashi, the difference is not about mindset, the difference is about reality. Is the reality of a father or a grandfather or a mother or anyone else that the baby will go? Or is the mindset it won't go? Now that's just the question. It's a question, do we characterize that as safik or vadai? But ultimately speaking, for example, the extension to koi would be the same. Our understanding is Nahar would say as well, if you were machnis afar setam, you can't use it for koi, just like rava. So there's only a question in terms of technicalities. Because the dirt was not prepared because you didn't think for that. Express. Then it's mutar, like heichnis for the tinok, for the baby. Yeah. Says the Gemara Amre b'ma'arava, the statement in Ma'arava, in Eres Yisrael, meaning Rabbi Yirmiya, the Gemara in Sanhedrin as well tells us. Peligeba, this issue, this matter, which we just addressed, that matter of Rava, Peligeba, Rabbi Yosef, Barhama, Rabbi Zera, Ve'amrela, Rava, Bered, Rabbi Yosef, Barhama, Rabbi Zera. Okay, the Bizera and one of those two rabbis that we suggested, whose names were mentioned, had the following mahloket. Hadamar, one of those two opinions, had the following claim. Koi, harehu kesoah. The way we should envision and understand a koi with regards to mindset entering the holiday is just like soah, is just like the relieving itself of the baby. When the baby relieves itself, you don't really envision that as a vadai circumstance. So to koi, obviously not a vadai circumstance, and therefore the stamda'at. What's, if it's a, if, 
The question is the characteristic of this. Well, how do we characterize? What, uh, what's the classification? Is it domesticated or not domesticated? Right, so that's what Jesse was asking a little bit earlier. That's right, but ultimately speaking, he, you, me, anyone else, have in mind and realize that when I cover this, I don't really have to quote unquote. I have to because I have to fulfill it, but I don't know that this is a certain situation. You know, if I got into God's books up there, I might find out that I didn't actually have to do that. That's enough to be considered suffix. It's a hidush. There's no questioning. In other words, we can ironically understand the baby situation better than we can call But that's the statement. Anyway, here says the Gemara. That's the hidush of Rava. Um, so, the other opinion says, no, koi, I should not liken to so'a. In other words, I should imagine so'a as perhaps being more prone to happen. That's that nahar we saw earlier in the Gemara. Period. Says the Gemara, we can conclusively make the statement, we can uh, define, we can uh, proudly and daringly say the opinion even though we weren't certain Rabbi Yirmiya reported there's one opinion who says X the other opinion says Y we can pinpoint who said what how could you, you really you could figure that one out so sure I know already that Rava's statement is with regards to all such matters how we characterize the uh, baby relieving itself I know that the baby relieving itself according to Rava is considered not Vadai but rather Safik and therefore the extension is Koi Harehu Kesoa the baby circumstance it's just like a koi. We consider them both as safek, as opposed to the other opinion, Rabbi Zera, who's being reported over there, would consider it like Nahar Bala'eh, that other opinion we saw earlier in the Gemara, that it's considered to be Vadai. Okay, when all the dust settles, however, Rava is standing strongly. Rava's interpretation with regards to our issue. We began the day with, we ended the day with yesterday, we've been struggling with this. Why could you not, should you not slaughter a koi on Yom Tov? Why if you did slaughter it, should you not be covering it doing Kisui Hadam? The answer is the stamdat of a person, the general appraisal of a person's mind. It's all a it's all a mukseh, it's all a mukseh issue. It's a, a no hachana. That's the issue specifically, and only the person's mindset was not on the koi. If you expressly and explicitly have in mind the koi, it would be fine. Says the Gemara, Rame bere derav yeva amar. New answer. So that that answer stands. Koi hainu ta'ama de la machsinan. Alright, so why another answer? Another answer. Uh, we had one interpretation. Let's suggest another one. This is the reason why, with regards to a koi on Yom Tov, you don't do kisui. Gezerah. It's not mukseh per se, but it's another rabbinic restriction. That word gezerah we're familiar with. Ligzor gezerah is the responsibility to a certain extent, at least uh, in, in, in the time of the Gemara and Mishnah, of the rabbis. They're supposed to make gates for us. Asus yagla Torah, it's the first Mishnah in Pirkei Avot. That's the principle of what they're supposed to do, distance us from sinning. Uh, take into account the people's mindset, their proclivities, their ways of life, and so forth, and distance themselves. That's what this circumstance is as well. Koi, technically speaking, quote unquote, min Torah could have kisui, it's a gezerah. The rabbis were fearful that people would be prone to making many uh, or a fatal mistake as a result of permitting kisui hadam to a koi. How so? Mishum hatarat helbo. The fear was the following. I mentioned this at the beginning of class yesterday. There are two differences between 
f- uh, fundamental difference between haya and behema, that, uh, non-domesticated and domesticated animals. One we've been talking about throughout, and that is kisui hadam. Domesticated animals don't need kisui hadam. Uh, wild animals, haya do need. Hmm, but there's on the flip side a stringency and leniency in the opposite way. How so? With regards to a behema, domesticated animal, you can't eat from what's called the halev. Halev are particular fats. As explained in the Torah, in Vayikra Peregimal, you can't eat from them. If you were to eat from them, karet. That's an amazing thing. The Torah says you get cut off. Uh, you know, we envision that as death from heaven if you were to eat from the halev, of course, defiantly and all that sort of stuff. When it comes to a haya, in contrast, a non-domesticated animal, the halev is permitted. Oh, well, that being the case, suggests, suggests this, this answer in the Gemara, Rameh, Bere de Ravieva, goes like this. If we, the rabbis, permit... Of, of once. If they permitted kisui hadam anakoi, a person would say, why am I doing kisui? Oh, it must be because I'm considering this a non-domesticated animal. If I'm considering it a non-domesticated animal, that means I can eat from the halev. If I can eat from the halev, oh, wait a second. You can't just eat from the halev. This was all a safik. The only reason we told you to do kisui hadam was lehumraz, astringency, because we weren't certain. Now you're going to use it as a leniency as well. No, it doesn't work that way. If you're uncertain about something, you've got to distance yourself entirely. Say the rabbis, since people will be prone to saying and doing that, well, we're going to say, don't do any kisui hadam at all. So ask the Gemara, if that's the case, if the whole issue over here is a gezerah, the whole issue over here is that a person, you and me, will mistakenly say that the koi, the rabbis determined it's considered a haya, a non-domesticated animal, and then eat from the chalif. Why are you talking about yom tob? Even during the weekday, we should say, don't do kisui hadam. Why not? Because it's going to mislead people. People are going to say, you're doing kisui hadam. It's a haya. If it's a haya, I'm going to eat the halif. Come on over. It's delicious. Fat of a buffalo, I guess. Anyway, says the Gemara, behold, it'll be different. During the weekday, uh, people won't make that mistake. Why not? During the weekday, amre, people onlookers, who see the slaughtering and the covering of the blood, they'll say, you want to know why he's covering the blood? No, it's a buffalo, we don't really know. Only reason he's putting, uh, he's covering it is to clean, his, to clean his yard, to clean his house. He wants to clean his property. They're not doing it as a mitzvah of kisui hadam, and in turn, people won't make this mistake. Oh, he's throwing it because there was blood. Oh, he didn't need to do that, it wasn't a mitzvah. It's not because we know that it's a haya. It's just in order to keep the matter clean. What's that? The onlookers. Uh, all right, hold it a second. I, I did mistakenly say it that way originally, because ultimately speaking, the Gemara will fall into what, you're suge- what, what I was suggesting. At this point, and I said to myself coming in, I'm not going to say it this way, but anyway, I did. Uh, at this point, we want to understand that the Gezerah is not so much that you and I, when we slaughter and cover, will say that this is considered a non-domesticated animal. It's rather that you'll look at me doing this and say, oh, it's a haya, honey, tonight we're gonna have buffalo fats. And as a result, if you see me covering it uh, uh, during the weekday, say, so hey, the reason he's doing it is to clean his yard. If it's on Yom Tov, alternatively, is where it's a little bit more tricky, although you're allowed to cover disgusting things, if shil re'i, on Yom Tov, you're not allowed to create something disgusting and then cover it up. That's, you're not allowed to make it. So they wouldn't, if it happens to be there, it happens, so then you cover it up, you move it out of the way. Well, that being the case, okay, so, but the Gemara, Jesse, will still say, wait a second, okay, so that's the onlookers. What about the guy himself? 
guy himself is slaughtering and he knows he doesn't have to clean his yard. Uh, he's going to make it, says the Gemara, but give it a second. I have another question as well. Uh, so again, Yehacheh asked the Gemara, Behol Nameh, answers the Gemara, Behol Amre, the onlookers will say, Lenaker, to clean up, Haserahu Sarich. So I have two questions. I'm on Shahat Be'ashpamai. What's the halacha? Why don't you say, okay, on Yom Tov, I want to slaughter my, um, uh, excuse me, uh, during the weekday, I want to slaughter my koi. Uh, sure, go ahead. I want to slaughter it in the uh, slaughterhouse. Uh, I want to slaughter it in the dirty area, an area that doesn't, it's not my home. I don't need it to be beautiful and clean it, cleaned. Uh, slaughterhouse, I imagine, I'm sure they clean it up at the end of the day. There's blood all over the place. Nobody's going to say, oh, the reason they're throwing dirt on it is because they need it to look clean. Uh, it never looks clean. Think about as example is Ashpa in a, in, a, in a garbage area. Are you telling me that it's not permitted over? It is. It's always permitted to eat a koi and to slaughter and to uh, cover it with uh, the dirt. Your answer, your distinction won't stand ground. Furthermore, so again, what can you say? means if he comes to ask. If someone comes to ask the rabbi, can I, should I do kisui hadam on a koi? What's the answer? The answer obviously is yes. But isn't that misleading? It's another way of saying the guy himself, forget about the onlookers. So again, so the Gemara's suggestion, Rame Bar Yemar's, um, uh, Yeva's uh, suggestion is, is under attack right now. His suggestion was the reason we distinction, distinguish on the holiday between a koi and the hayan and off is for the following reason. When it comes to hayan off, of course you do kisui adam. When it comes to a, a koi, it's confusing. People will begin to think that the reason you're doing kisui hadam is because we're considering it a haya. That's dangerous. Now you're going to end up eating from tailet. The question is, why do we distinguish between Yom Tov and the weekdays? Right now we don't really have an answer. We had an attempted answer, but it didn't really stand ground. Ela, rather, behol iname mesapeka. Says the Gemara, uh, here, here's how it works. The reason, you know, we're standing by this gizera business. The rabbis were nervous that if you're, you're covering it with the dirt, you're going to be mistakenly envisioning it as a hayan and eating from the chalif. The weekdays are different. Iname mesapeke amre le rabbanan zil terach vekase. Uh, the simple person, every person, will say to themselves, listen, this koi business, buffalo, is domestic, is it not domestic? I'm not sure. But the rabbi has told me I need to do kisui. What do you say to yourself during the weekday? You can. We're all uh, we're all familiar with the idea. Sometimes we're uncertain and we go the extra mile in order to be scrupulous and careful. So I'll say the following. The reason the rabbis told me to do kisui hadam on the koi is not because they determined and told me and told you that it's considered a hayan or not. They were uncertain. And as a result, ah, they're telling me again, okay, but they told me, zil terach vekaseh, go out, go the extra mile, work hard, and cover it. Why are you covering? It's tafeh. Yom Tov, we don't talk like that. Yom Tov, there's no such thing. You're uncertain whether you need to do this arduous activity? Don't do it. They would never tell me to cover it on Yom Tov. Tirha. Yom Tov is a time for onig, for simha. To overexert yourself, they would never tell me. If they're uncertain on Yom Tov, whether it's a haya or a behemah, they would tell me, don't do kisui. The fact that if it were to tell me, do kisui, I would then understand that as their statement to me that this is considered not a behemah, but a haya. Uh, you know, I hear you. I hear you. Apparently not. I know it's Eli asks, uh, but ultimately speaking, you also have Simhat Yom Tov. 
Okay, we're appraising the mind of the people more than anything. Keep in mind, this is not exact. And the mind of the people, I guess, uh, you know, I don't know. You, you would know better than me. I think the mind of the people, ah, rabbis, you know, more than anything. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't want you to do a shahita and then not do a kisui. You did a shahita already against my will, against rabbi's will. Okay, but the avad, you can eat it, but don't do a kisui. And shohatim, because I don't want you lechatechila, lechatechila. Yeah, lechatechila. At this point, stand there. Give a few minutes in the Gemara for us to actually address tircha. At this point, no, no, but this is important. At this point, it's more the mindset of the person. The person would say that on Yom Tov, it should be a tirha unless it's absolutely necessary. The fact that if they were to tell me to do a kisui would be in turn to has a burden, it's extraneous activity, Eli, a burden, it's extra work. The fact that they're telling me to do it over here is stating to me that this is actually a hayat, that there's no suffering. Okay, and also the Gemara that whole day from the fact that I couldn't split up the hayat before above the chelev and the kisui and now all of a sudden it's okay. Now all of a sudden this guy is going to realize that no, it's, it's okay to do a kisui on the whole... Because I'll say suffix. That's, still, still that's right. I said, the rabbis realized, that's right. This, you'll still make mistakes, even hachamim and nevonim on Yom Tov. However, during the week, and during the, that's correct. Says the Gemara, okay, so we finished. We gave two answers, effectively, to this issue of why a koi is qualitatively different with regards to kisui adam on Yom Tov. The first answer is da'ato shel adam, is the mindset on safek or only on vadai. And the second answer is that which we just learned in the Gemara. It has to do with a gezerad rabbanan. The hachamim were nervous. The person will mistakenly assume the fact that the rabbis are letting me go the extra mile to extraneous uh, or, or um, hard work in order to, to cover it on Yom Tov designates for me, makes clear to me they're considering it a hayah and then I'll eat from the fats. Says so the Gemara, let's go a little bit more expansive. We have till the next Mishnah to just flesh out some more of the issues with regards to Kisui Hadam, to Koi, Tane Rebizera, Rebizera taught the following. Generally speaking, Tane is from a Beraita, Lo Koi Bilvadamru. When the Hachamim talked about not slaughtering on Yom Tob, not doing a Kisui on Yom Tob, they weren't only in the Memrada, uh, in the, in the uh, Tanaic statement we had on Amud Aleph, they weren't o- only referring to Koi, El Afilo, but even the following situation. Shahat Be'emachayaveof. If you slaughtered, well, several things. I went into the yard and said, all right, we're going to have a delicious feast. I want lamb chops, I want chicken, I want buffalo. I want everything. I just leave the buffalo out, not koi. I, t- I want deer. So I slaughtered a deer and I slaughtered a lamb and I slaughtered a chicken. And I have them all together and I'm just letting the blood flow freely. And I have to do kisuya down. Well, kisui, I certainly had to do on the chicken. I can't distinguish the chicken blood from the uh, deer blood over here, from the, uh, from the lamb's blood. And it's all pooled together. Now again, let's imagine this as you did three. It doesn't matter. Let's imagine you just did two. You did a chicken and you did a, um, a lamb. The lamb doesn't need kisui hadam. The chicken minatora does need kisui hadam. Right? In such a circumstance, they're now pooled together. I want to do kisui. Say the hachamim, no kisui. Why no kisui on Yom Tov? Why not? Tirha. It's extra work. 
What do you mean extra work? You have to now pick up extra dirt, throw extra dirt, chalas. No, but I, I also put the chicken. Next time, do the chicken separate from the lamb. Don't let them pool together. The fact that you let them pool together now made you work harder. I'm sorry, this is our circumstance. We can't on Yom Tov, because of the happiness of the day, allow for you to uh, exert yourself further. So again, Taner Bizira Lokoi Bilvadamru, Elafilu Shahat, if the circumstance was, Behema Hayave Of, for argument's sake, a domesticated, a wild, and a chicken, uh, animals and birds together, and the blood became collected. Again, the reasoning being tirha, tirha, tirha means extraneous, overworking yourself. Again, that word, that concept is difficult. Hard to objectify overworking yourself. Hard to objectify. What does it mean, extraneous activity? No simple task to do so. We're not going to suggest it now. We're not going to suggest it pretty much at any point. We're going to accept when the hachamim told us something is considered tirha, and we're going to assume other circumstances not per se that way. Amar He qualifies this Rabbi Yosef bar Again, the circumstance, lots of blood pooled together. Some of the blood, maybe even the majority of the blood, needs kisuya. It came from hayar of. The other part of the blood came from behemah. doesn't need kisuya. Don't do it. However, he qualifies. If you can do it all in one thrust, you can take the dirt and just throw it all on top. It's not spread all throughout. It's spread over here. I take it and I just throw some dirt on. In such a circumstance, that's not extraneous, extraneous uh, activity. That's not beyond uh, the work that you would have done anyway to get the blood of the uh, lamb uh, covered up. What's uh, the bl- blood of the uh, um, chicken? If you have, but again, if, if it's already there and it's just filling it and throwing it on, chalas. Yes, Rabbi? Is there a specific You're supposed to do it that day. You're supposed to do it immediately, really. To what? Day's over, Yom Tov's done, right? Um, uh, effectively, they're making clear they want to distance you from this sort of circumstance, and they'll tell you we will strip, or we find such realities where. where uh, why is it that we don't say on shofar on Rosh Hashanah shehaliot b'Shabbat? Why is it that we don't take lulav on? Those are extremes. Those are extremes. We uprooted a mitzvah min Torah because of a fear avirenu. Over here, it's not so far extreme. You're allowed to eat the meat. We're telling you, we don't want you to do kisui. You already put. It's also a mitzvah. All right, you you weren't able to do in the circumstance. We tell you, you you set yourself up for the wrong situation. You know, uh, it says the Gemara Peshita. This statement, this qualification of Rabbi Yosef Bar Yasinia is simple. The fact that if I could do it on one throw, it just takes one thrust of the uh, wrist of the of the hand, uh, then I'm allowed to do it even when they're all pulled up together, as opposed to when they're not. That's simple. Was he teaching me something I didn't know earlier? Did I not really pick up on that from Rabbi Zera? Again, Kulanu Hakami. We all figured. Out when Rabbi Zera said, "Don't in a circumstance where the blood pooled together, you're not allowed to sort of cover it." We knew. 
the Gemara, Bizera doesn't even take that into account. He doesn't, but it doesn't matter for him. It doesn't matter for him because ultimately speaking, I'm uncertain which one it is. Uh, you're not going to have a big tool in this respect at the very least. Says the Gemara, for argument's sake, no. Says Beshita, says the Gemara, maybe you would have thought, explains the Gemara for Rabbi Yosef Bar Maybe you would have said, listen, if the blood pools together, uh, even though you could do it in one fell swoop, even though you could do it on one thrust, I'm not allowing for you to do it. You want to know why? Because now I allowed you for that, and tomorrow it's going to be a bigger pool, and you're going to say, if I was allowed to do it then, even though then it was some behemoth and some hayan of, and the rabbis allowed me, I said, I could do it now as well. No, 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 then it was just one thing, and you would have been doing it anyway for your hayan of. Now you have to do two dikirot. Maybe that would be the gezerah. Kamash ma'lan. That's the hidush. We don't make such a gezerah. So what's this last halakha for today that we learned? It's a halakha with regards to even when you did and you need to do kisui on some of this. No question. In a circumstance where it's not more complicated, you'd be doing kisui over here, where it got mixed together, and you're going to have extra activity, tirha, on Yom Tob, in order to do kisui for not only the haya, not only the offer for the behema as well, it's going to necessitate shete de kirot. You're going to have to do two thrusts. You're going to have to pick up the shovel twice or three times or whatever it is. In that circumstance, the hachamim say, no kisui hadam. Okay, we'll conclude with this for now. I'll just tell you that the Gemara now, let's read one last line. Amar Rabbah, shahat sipor me'erv yom tob, en mechasinot yom tob. We'll conclude with that line. Rabbah has another statement from the Hachamim with regards to when you don't do kisui hadam. Don't suffice with what we just told you in terms of the mixing of the blood. Understand there's another situation. If you slaughtered on erv yom tob, before the holiday, but you didn't do your kisui, and now it's the Yom Tov. Can I still do my Kisui? You can't do your Kisui. Why not? Because you should have done it beforehand. I have the opportunity to still do it, but you should have done it beforehand. Still within amount of time. All right, so to be continued. But ultimately speaking, the statement over here, as Rashi explains it, is wait a second, Simhat Yom Tov. The answer is I still can eat the meat, I just can't do the Kisui Hadam. Should have done it before. Amen.